In the fourth of a series of podcasts, Professor John Mee from the University of Warwick's English and Comparative Literary Studies Department is joined by three of his MA students, Harriet Killikitter, Rebecca Lee and Naomi Hammond, to discuss Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist. As with most Dickens novels, the story deals with quite a dark subject matter, and there are also several comic moments throughout the narrative. What effect do you think Dickens intends this to have on the reader? That's an interesting question, and it's one actually he addresses explicitly in the novel itself, in one of those points where he stops and, and talks to his, his readers. He was quite sensitive about the question of how realistic his narrative was, and in answering that, he used this metaphor of comparing his book somewhat unflatteringly, perhaps, to uh, a side of streaky bacon with the red and white parts appearing interchangeably. And he talked about the sudden transitions and changes in the novel. And that includes changes in tone. Often he does go from light to dark moments quite abruptly uh, in the way that he, in this passage, compares to kind of popular melodrama, popular theatre. I think it's something that's quite distinctive part of his writings he gets older and develops, and I think is to do with kind of destabilising the position of the the reader. It, it makes the novels full of surprise. I say, typically the later ones, in, in Oliver Twist, I always think it's not quite under control. The sudden transitions are sometimes very jerky and leave you wondering if he's really thought through the changes in transition in, in the interest of some larger structural idea. But it's very much part, I think, of what what Dickens owes to popular theatre and melodrama and something he takes from there. Um, what do you think of Dickens' presentation of women in Oliver Twist? And why do you think he sees women in such extreme roles with like Nancy the prostitute and then Rose Maidley, who's really idealised? Well, it's a, it's a perennial question about Dickens and women. It's often suggested that he, he finds it hard to, to, to think of women who can be treated as kind of equals. And, and it, it's something, in a way, he, he worked away at through his career, perhaps he never actually resolved it. But certainly in an early novel like Oliver Twist, as you say, you, you do see the extremes. You've got Nancy, the the prostitute, versus Rose Maley, the kind of ideal, perfect, blonde angel, I suppose. Uh, Nancy is potentially quite an interesting figure in that something is said to explain her as a fallen woman and what's happened to her and how she's ended up in the condition she is. And, of course, she is, in a sense, uh, redeemed, uh, but there are, are all those sections when he talks about her woman's nature managing to reassert itself, and he does seem to operate with this idea of women as being defined by this this kind of nurturing role. And it's, it's I think, interesting, insofar as Nancy is the kind of whore with the heart of gold, that she's redeemed, but she can't live on. She has to die, just as in those melodramatic American westerns you sometimes have where the... The, the prostitute with the heart of gold saves the cowboy, but she has to be shot through the heart in doing it so he can live on and, and, and inherit the really good girl. And I suppose the woman in that role is Rose Maley, who is so good, she usually drops out of adaptations, cause it's just, as does that whole subplot, because it's just very hard to imbue a character like that with any kind of drama. Why does he see women in such extreme roles? It's, it, it's difficult to know. I think he did wrestle with working out a way to depict women. There is a kind of development, I think, in his writing where the the angel in the house figure, the rose figure, does at least become less doll-like and is often given more practical qualities, as happens in A Mutual Friend to an extent. But they still tend to be defined by their domestic roles. I think he had he had issues with seeing women 
in any kind of public role beyond the home, however practically minded some of his some of his at home women. So I don't I don't think it is a is an issue he ever really resolved at all. He had an anxiety. The, you could come up with some pop psych explanations, like he always seems to have presented his mother having been taken out of school and sent to the blacking factory. There just seem there just seemed to have been some residual resentment about about his mother, which you might see as something that that's exploring David Copperfield, but I think I know I think it's even more complex than just explaining it by something biographical like that. Oliver Twist has been adapted many times for film and television. How does the novel lend itself to, to screen adaptations and what aspects of the narrative are cinematic? That's a very interesting question. Uh, it, it, it was adapted very, very early in the history of cinema and even scenes from it, like the, um, the death of Nancy with Sykes batting it to death, was, was made a very short silent film very, very early on. And that scene shows you one of the things that, that, that lent itself to cinematic adaptations it's, it's extremely dramatic quite a lot of movement vivid those elements of the novel i think have always been picked up upon and they're typical of what's called dickens's visual imagination interestingly the kind of rose Maley subplot very rarely makes it into adaptations partly because it's very undramatic and, and, and in some ways very static both in its use of characterization it tends to be the kind of the london low life parts of the of the novel that have been adapted even as it as it were famously made into a musical, I, d I do think though there is one thing that's worth pointing out about what lends itself to Dickens' adaptation that's often missed in discussions. I don't think it's just a case of sense of the plots being dramatic or the characters being vivid or even the visuality of his descriptions. I think changes in point of view are very very important. Uh, what he called the rapid transitions in the novel are not just changes in, of tone from comedy to tragedy, uh, but they're all to do with kinds of intercutting between plot which is perhaps what you'd expect of something published in Syria but also even within particular scene changes of points of view there's a very famous pub scene in the novel where there's a real ricocheting of points of view and and the narration actually it's staged from those different points of view it just doesn't describe people looking at each other from the outside you get things described from particular characters point of view and those change very quickly and the David Lean film from the 1940s he kind of, well, he merged two scenes in a pub together, but he did that brilliantly, having characters look kind of ricocheting glances between each other. And another very famous example of that, as people who've been taught about me know and are bored to death by, but that is uh, Fagin in the Dock, where you seem to have uh, a very high camera shot, a removed shot, as I think one's, one student once put it to me, that looks like it's outside of any point of view of a particular character, and then slowly the point of view comes to be Fagin's looking out. And that actually kind of camera movement, if you will, that really does lend itself to cinematic adaptations. Although the one rider to that is that that very cinematic aspect of his writing, those changes of points of view, often filmmakers and adapters, they don't do it very much. They don't do what is... So in that sense, sometimes the novels are more cinematic than the than the films.